Welcome to Splinters, courtesy of The Bench, your Friday night sports fix. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the Bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com. .au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube, Music, TuneIn, Spotify and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do this for Hornsby, Karingai Post and Atlas Chartered Accountants. I am your host, Zoe, the Pocket Rocket Benjamin, back in the anchor chair for this week. And I am proud to say, unlike last year, we actually got a proper finish for the New South Wales Women's Premier Cricket Competition. And what a season it was. Uh, lots of famous names moving all over the cricketing community and plenty more to come in this year. But I can't do this alone, so joining me tonight from University's Women's Cricket Club, a teammate of mine, the Queen of, the queen of North Taramara, Georgia Lomas Fataran. Welcome back to you. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back. And, of course, our second ever all-female panel, which is fantastic as well. So we've got to get around that. We've got to get excited. And, of course, cricket. Who doesn't love cricket? Yeah, I'm so keen. I I was so excited to come back on um, and, yeah, have all the ladies back on board. And, of course, we've got another guest to, to welcome back tonight uh, because, as you mentioned, all wins panel, and we couldn't be more excited to welcome back Shivani Mehta from the Northern District Rangers. She made her debut on the bench last season and absolutely crushed it, managed to throw quite a few teammates under the bus there. So, Shivani, welcome back to you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Yeah. So tonight we'll go through all three grades plus the Brewer Shield competition um, and we'll basically be looking at how the season all turned out, the final series, who made the biggest impacts in the competitions and so forth. So the umpires and scorers are ready. It is ticked over. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. So first off, we head into our Premier competition in the first grade. What a comp it was. A very, very tight finish in the top four and uh, a, a surprise win by by Northern Districts, one might say. But let, let's go through the through the table and where the teams finished up. So we had Sydney Tigers, who finished first, Northern District Rangers in second, St George Sutherland Slayers in third, Bankstown in fourth, Parramatta in fifth, University sixth, Penrith in seventh, Gordon eighth, and Campbelltown ninth. And George, I'll throw it to you. What did you make of the table and, and where everyone finished? Many surprises, not too many surprises. I think there were quite a few surprises, to be honest. Parramatta performed particularly well this season from what I saw. Pretty consistent with how they played as well. Sydney Tigers, top of the table, mate, they killed it this season. They were performing so well. I remember reading all of their scores uh, through the social media and just being absolutely stunned with their performances. It was fantastic to see, and they were so dominant, especially through the T20s as well. Uh, Campbelltown, unfortunately, took out the bottom spot, but 
they do have potential potential to build up as well. I think they were quite affected by the fact that their rep players weren't around all that often to help out. Yeah, and speaking of that, I'll throw to you now, Shivani. How how did that cause a shake-up for the season? Because I know uh, me and Georgia can probably speak quite a bit to, to how it impacted the university's team, but just overall this competition, you know, with our women's BBL and women's NCL clashing with the first grade season, how, how did that kind of change things up? Yeah, it actually affected it quite significantly because um, the Big Bash players, they have a really big role in helping the teams and um, all the experience that they um, show each game. Um, for Northern Districts, we, ha- we have two Anakine um, laws and um, they're top week takers and top run scorers, so without them it's pretty tough. But um, I think it's um, shows that the teams can adapt to the situation and um, although it affects um, the competition, um, everyone showed that they can play great cricket without, with and without them, and I think everyone showed that it was a great season. Yeah, I tend to agree. It definitely opens up the competition and provides opportunity for, for other players and other teams. I mean, look at looking at Bankstown and St George as the big movers this year on the table, both making final spots um, and really making an indent on this competition this season. But... Let's go to the final, and Shivani, you obviously had a role in this. You you got the inside scoop on it all, so talk us through it. Um, you didn't have the best run into the finals. You lost three of your last six, and then you get into the finals and you win it. It was a we won the toss, chose to chose to bat, and um, we had a pretty shaky start. I think we were one for one, two for two, then three for sixteen. Um, so it wasn't looking too great. But um, in the middle, um, Annika and Tilly Lug and Abby Taylor, they managed to score some handy runs and um, that's what led us over the mark. And we managed to, our bowlers managed to bowl really well um, in the death and we miraculously, I don't think anyone thought we'd win. I don't, at a point, I don't think we even thought it was possible, but um, we kept fighting and I think it shows that any cricket's a game where anything can happen. You can't be ruled out too soon and things can change when, in a matter of seconds. So it was great to be the underdogs and win. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll throw it to you now, Georgia. Obviously, they welcomed back Lauren Smith. She got player of the final. I mean, it's a pretty handy inclusion, don't you think? I mean, yeah, that that's definitely a pretty handy uh, player to have come back in. I mean, taking three for 16 from 10 overs, that's that's pretty handy. And Annika herself taking two for three, I mean, pretty tidy figures here. That That's pretty spectacular. But, I mean, we also have Marianne Henderson from Sydney who did pretty well as well. Three for 20 or for nine overs, man, my figures are nowhere near that. No wonder why I'm not in first grade. But, I mean, to perform that well in a grand final as well, when you've got the nerves and, you know, the anxiety and the stress, all this coming into this final game, I mean, that is one hell of a final performance. And well done to Northern Districts for taking that out, um, performing fantastically under the pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that brings us now to our first grade top 10. So, obviously, our top 10 batters for the season and our top 10 bowlers for the season. And um, there's a few of your teammates in there, Shivani, as well. So I'll throw to our to our batters first. Um, and Alicia Bates making making it in with 17 wickets. Tell us a little bit about her and, and her contributions this season. Yeah, so she's grown a lot as a player, being in the Big Bash Sixers squad. 
Um, she's really handy left arm off spinner, and she has a lot of variations. And I just love um, watching her bowl because she um, she gets a ton of wickets and it's really good for us. And she took 17 wickets with an average of 11.88 and made her way into the top 10. I think it's a really commendable effort for Alicia. Yeah, completely agree. She's a fantastic bowler. And you, Georgia, spoke a little bit about Parramatta's rise and, and slightly being uh, an unexpected team as uh, in terms of where they placed on the ladder. But if you look at our top 10, they claim first spot for both batters and bowlers in Claire Moore with 454 runs and Sophie Vaughan with 28 wickets. I mean, when you take out those two spots, it makes you a, hot, a tough team to beat. Oh, definitely. And for those ladies to top the table as well, even though their team was only within what was it, the top four, top five, that that is a fantastic effort. You know, that shows that there's a lot of potential for Parramatta as well with Claire Moore, especially 454 runs. That, that is spectacular work. And Sophie Vaughan, I remember playing Sophie Vaughan in a trial match in second grade. And, man, I, I was scared to face her, although I'm scared to face a lot of bowlers, I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> but their, their bowling attack has always been very strong, especially led by Hayley Silver-Holmes and a few other players as well. But, no, I think we're going to see a few more Parramatta players on, on those lists in the future, as well as possibly some up-and-rising players from other clubs too. Yeah, and there's some there's some surprises and there's a few not surprises. I mean, in your bowlers, you've got Jacqueline Vickery, who seems to make an appearance every year. She's such a uh, consistent bowler from for St. George, um, and I think also a key to their big move up the ladder. But another one is... Now, Bryson Smith, uh, the young spinner from Sydney. Shivani, how, how has her bowling, uh, I suppose, come along? I mean, Andes has a lot of spinners in your team, but you would have played against her. How, how do you reckon she went this season? Yeah, I think she went really well. She's um, her, her bowling has improved so much over the years, and I've um, been lucky to play with, with and against her. And um, she's a left arm offy and really hard to face, actually. I'm getting 15 wickets, averaging 18.27 um, for Sydney. I think she was one of their key bowlers. And also in the final, she, I think she took a couple wickets to help them. And I think coming through the years in first grade, she also continued to be one of their significant bowlers taking wickets in the future. For sure. I, I tend to agree with that as well. And moving over to our batters, I think what is most interesting when you look at our top ten batters is that most of these most of these ladies weren't insides that made the finals. In fact, I don't see any representation from Northern Districts or Sydney in this in this lineup, which is quite unbelievable. I suppose it shows how well they did with the ball um, to to limit teams and get themselves over the line and. It was a real team performance by them to to finish in first spot. But let's run through some of the some of the players in here. Obviously, I'll throw to you, Georgia. Maddie Dark once again making an appearance and another standout season for her. How important is she as the captain of the first grade side for universities? Oh, Maddie Maddie Dark is a uh, staple player at universities, as we're all aware. But also Rachel Treneman, a very handy. Uh, 118 in in the last few rounds of of the competition as well. But what you will notice is just how many runs, just how close it is between all the ladies up the top as well. I mean, 
Between first and second, there was only 30 runs, but then between that, there's only a few here and there, a few runs uh, difference, which is fantastic, just showing how close this competition really was. And, and it was very, very close. And I think um, just a notable mention on that batter's list is uh, young Elise Noble, who moved from Parramatta over, over to Penrith, uh, was phenomenal with the bat this year. I think surprised a few people. Shivani, what, what did you make of her season? Yeah, it's tricky moving clubs and then um, having to readjust. But she did really well at the top order. Um, she was one of them. She was their main batter, and she proved herself over and over again, scoring big totals. And I think also we had a nationals um, a week ago, and she also proved herself there. So all the training she's been doing is paying off, and she's really a uh, um, ahead of the game and um, really putting herself out there. Yeah, perhaps a player to watch more in the future. And then, of course, the rest of the list is highlighted by some ever-consistent players. The girls from Gordon, Heidi Cheadle, Saskia Hornley. Um, you've got your Ash Gardner, your Rihanna Dick, who's always up there. Um, and that pretty much sums up our top ten in the first grade. Um, which brings us now to our second grade competition. And... Similar to how we finished up with first grade is the second grade table. You have Manly seven points clear at the top, followed by Sydney Tigers in second, Northern Districts in third, Campbelltown in fourth, Parramatta in fifth, Gordon sixth, St George seventh, Universities eighth, and Penrith ninth. And I suppose we'll go straight into Manly's red-hot form, winning four games in a row. Um, heading into the finals, while Sydney had won three of their last five with a bye slotted in, um, and it made for a cracking final. Georgia, I'll bring you to, to I'll bring bring to you first. Uh, what did you make of the second grade final this season? It was an amazing final. I'm not gonna lie, and I remember seeing uh, a post on social media saying I think Sydney had teams in the first seconds and also Brewer Shield. I believe it was. Um, so they had a, I had a, they had a team in most of the finals actually, but it was pretty spectacular to see. And I mean, Manly again, very consistent through second grade, uh, playing against them myself. It, it was fantastic to watch them, uh, score the runs freely to take wickets as well, although it was a bit of a bitter pill to swallow being on university side. But Sydney again, also fantastic, very consistent play, players as well as performance, um, you know, taking the wickets, making the runs, taking the catches when required and and um, being able to chase down the total is very handy as well. Yeah, for sure. And obviously some, some outstanding performances in uh, this game, but highlighted by Manly captain Michaela Turek, player of the final. Um, Shivani, how, how good is Michaela Turek? Obviously she came from... The NDs. She's moved across to Manly. She's led this side now. They dropped one game all year. Like, how important is is Michaela to this side? Yeah, she's been really pivotal part of their team. Obviously, it, we'd love to have her back at NDs with her performances, but she's shown that um, she can captain a winning team and also lead with the run score. She's been consistent throughout the whole season, taking wickets, take scoring runs, and I think she's been really key in their um, win, um, their second-grade win. So um, I think it's really impressive on her behalf, and hopefully she can do the same when Manly moves to first grade and she can 
be captain and score the runs and get wickets too then. Yeah, she's a crucial part of that side. Going back to the table, I mean, the biggest disappointment, um, as for, well, especially by their standards, would be defending champions uh, Parramatta, who finished in fifth, didn't even make the final series this year. Uh, what did you make of Parramatta's form throughout the season, Georgia? Um, their form... Well, it was a bit all over the place. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they had a win here. They had a loss there. I mean, it was kind of. Um, it was kind of all over the place. But I mean, still, still consistent more than than other teams as well. Uh, but I think the again the players maybe having to be pushed up into first grade uh, to fill in those slots for for um, WNCL and WBBL players that were away, or maybe even I believe the champion the national championships were played around various times too. So maybe that affected uh, the games a little bit here and there. I know injuries play a huge part into team selection as well, uh, especially into the back end of the season. But, I mean, there's always there's always um, time to rebuild. There's always place for areas for improvement as well. So I reckon Parramatta could come back bigger and stronger than ever next year if, if we're not careful. I think uh, what impressed me was Campbelltown making the top four as well, considering how heavily impacted their first grade squad would have been with players moving back and forth between women's BBL um, and women's NCL. But I, I suppose if you look at those bottom four sides as well in, in the second grade competition, um, they were all teams that, you know, were affected by by players coming coming back in and then having to push up their second grade players into, into first grade positions. Um, but speaking of Michaela Turek, back, back, going back to Michaela Turek, um, we look at the second grade top tens for this year, and I suppose it's no surprise to see her name at the top of both the batters and the bowlers. 523 runs with an average of 58.11 and 29 wickets. Just an absolutely golden season for Michaela Turek. Shivani, you, you, you talked about her leadership, but how important is she with the form she was in this season? Yeah, so that's um that's it's just amazing how you can top both the batting and the bowling of second grade and I think she's just um really improved since she's left NDs and um she's worked hard um and she's shown responsibility not um in taking in taking wickets, taking runs, and really showing how how it's done, and I think Manly's quite a young team, and um, if you watch her, she brings a lot of experience, and she's really showing what it's like to play at that level for the younger um, for the younger girls coming through. I think the other notable performance in the batters is Samaria Dimgilio with two hundred and seventy eight runs and. Uh, 16 wickets, another one who cameos twice um, in our top 10. Georgia, what was her form like this year? How how important was her role to the Sydney side? She was a crucial player. Samira was fantastic. In the first game in second grade against us, she went out and scored at 50 in a T20, easily opening the batting. No dramas, got there, didn't even look tired from what I saw her either. But she's a fantastic uh, bowler as well, knows her game. She has been working in the off-season um, for a f- quite a few years and, and training and, and getting prepared. So obviously the training is paying off and she's a fantastic player and fantastic leader as well. And although she's a young gun, I think she could be leading that team uh, very soon if, if 
we're not careful. Yeah, and if you look at the the top ten for batters and bowlers, I mean, it's a Manly and Sydney dominated dominated top ten with the likes of Zara Ship and Charlotte Cambrun with the bats, and then with your bowlers, you've got Lily Campbell, um, who took sixteen wickets alongside Samira. Um, I suppose some standout mentions as well. Um, Taylor Ling for universities coming back this season, uh, leading that second grade side. Um, she seemed to have a little bit of a purple patch with the ball this season, Georgia. Yeah, I mean, if Taylor's got a ball, someone's going to get out either way, um, depending on how they're going to take that wicket. But no, Taylor's bowling has been absolutely amazing. Uh, always has and probably will be for years to come as well. I mean, be careful of your ankles. Uh, if you're batting, because that LBW will be, be will be a knocking very soon if you're not careful, especially with the swing that they get. Uh, but no, fantastic effort by Taylor, taking at least two or three wickets in a game. If they get one, then you're like, oh, that's all right. She'll come back next week and and take more. But no, fantastic effort and a fantastic leader to uh, be led by too. And also making the top ten for our bowlers is. Uh, Sienna E from Northern Districts. Shivani, t- tell us about her and, and her season. Yes, she's had a great season. Um, another left arm offie. Must must be a thing to do. All these left arm offies are getting wickets. Um, and uh, she's played for NBs for quite a while. Um, everywhere she goes, she just takes wickets. They had um, an under-16s nationals against um, New South Wales city and country and she was one of the top wicket takers there, so even performing at the next level, which is great. So I think she's one to watch in the coming years. That'll be very interesting as well because obviously your first grade side is no shortage of spinners um, and to have even more coming through, um, it makes for quite an interesting uh, bowling lineup there, Shivani. Yeah, it was um, at one point we were struggling to get pace bowlers, but I think our spinners are very experienced and um, they did the job, so the pace bowlers don't have to bowl. Then <laughs> I'm, I'm a pace bowler, so I'm, I'm happy if the spinners just bowl all, all the overs. They bowl ten straight. So. Yeah, well, that leaves you chirping around in the field, which I'm sure everyone really appreciates. <laughs> I've been I've been told off for my um, chirpy sledging from a few of the batters in first grade and the other teams. So. I'll um, have to watch what I say. <laughs> as long as it's not the umpire, then that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Georgia, some other noteworthy um, batters in our top ten. Catherine Wong, um, ever reliable she is. Now playing for Campbelltown, I believe, this season, was it? That's right. And for those who don't know, Catherine actually came from universities and moved to Northern Districts and then from Northern Districts to Campbelltown. So quite a few uh, kilometres being clocked up there and I'm sure the e-tags are getting a bit of a workout as well. Uh, but no, Catherine's been fantastic. Her chirping was uh, very noticeable while batting against her in second grade. I will say that. And uh, during a nice conversation with my batting partner, she came and stood right in between us uh, trying to get in our heads. So she she loves a, a good little chat and a pun and everything like that. But no, fantastic batting at 381 runs at a 38.10 average. Just 
fantastic leading the way, uh, opening the batting and making quite a few 50s and if not, maybe even some centuries too. Yeah, it seemed we all shared her around and I know that she definitely um, was on the fringe, one of one of those players on the fringe of first grade, second grade. I know she did uh, play a few few games up in first grade and I think she she reached a 50 in a, in a first grade game as well. So, you know, a, a very consistent player, quite handy for... Uh, Campbelltown to be able to to have in their second grade side for what seems to be quite regularly considering her figures. We're going to take a bit of a break now, but thank you to Shivani and Georgia so far with previewing first grade and second grade competitions for this year. And we'll be back to preview our third grade T20 and third grade limited overs competition as well as our Brewer Shield competition. Welcome back to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, TuneIn, Spotify and all good Podify... Podcast sites, not Podify sites, uh, podcast sites. And, of course, we do this for Hornsby, Karungai Post, and Atlas Chanter Accountants. And we'll get straight back into it, um, looking at the third grade competition, who, unlike first grade and second grade, had their split competitions, uh, a T20 comp and a limited overs competition. So we'll, we'll talk about T20 first. You had Campbelltown finishing on top in first, Gordon in second, Manly in third, Bankstown fourth, UTS North Sydney Bears in fifth, and universities in sixth. I suppose let's, let's talk about, talk about that, Georgia. The introduction of UTS this season and, and how they went. Manly's finals position. And of course, you know, the ever dominant Campbelltown and Gordon sides in the third grade comp. And then the shakeup of, of No St. George sides. Um, so talk, talk us through all of that. I've just given you so much to talk about. <laughs> You've given me a bit of a checklist there. So <laughs> you, might, you might have to remind me as I go through it, but I'll start with UTS. So UTS actually had a team in third grade last year as well. Uh, but they only had it for the T20s this year. They also had a had them for the limited overs, uh, which was also a nice little addition, considering we didn't have St. George, which was the most notable uh, difference when looking at the uh, the rosters and field allocations and everything for at the start of the season. I just remember messaging everybody in third grade going, uh, where's St. George? Unfortunately, uh, they weren't able to get a third grade team up this year. I do know a few of the players were moving away, maybe interstate and all that kind of thing, and possibly COVID also played a bit of a role in that as well. I must say, I did miss the trek out to Gifford Park without St. George there. But no, the other teams like Campbelltown in T20s, they were so dominant dominant as well. Very strong team to play against, always have been. Again, the mighty Reds, Gordon. I mean, that team, they always come out and they always play a fantastic game. Uh, And generally be careful of your fingers because Kirsten Dorsch will smack the ball at them uh, and possibly break or dislocate a few if you're not careful. But the the teams uh, for third grade were absolutely fantastic, as they always are. Um, and it was just a really friendly and fantastic competition to play in, as well as very competitive too. Yeah, and throwing to the the final now, the T20 final um, between Campbelltown 
and Gordon, as you mentioned, and obviously Kirsten Dorr, she mentioned her, but she did more with the ball than she did with the bat this time, taking two for 18 and kind of led the attack. Talk, talk us through that final. Um, and obviously there was a massive counterattack um, by Campbelltown. So how did that all shape up? Yeah, so Campbelltown won the toss uh, and elected to bat first, which is always an interesting idea for finals, but hey, each team is different, and I believe it was also raining that day as well, so that could have played a big part in it too. Uh, but Campbelltown got off to a solid start with Jade Pollock and Emma Barry making starts, but unfortunately the Gordon Bowlers, led by, of course, Kirsten Dorsch, and Sangufta um, Barkett put the brakes on hard, seeing Campbelltown lose 5 for 35 and at risk of not seeing the overs out. But of course, as we know, um, they did they did get a few more runs, especially in the T20, uh, but a brilliant counter-attack in the last over by both Shelby Muir and Alicia Magookan saw the ghost at a crucial 20 runs for the sixth wicket, which did help boost that total a little bit more. For Gordon, their batting never really um, got going, despite Katie O'Sullivan playing a brilliant anchor role. No one else went with her. This was shown in full with two runouts and the top four batters all seeing stumps flying, uh, which, let's be honest, no batsman wants to see that. Player of the final was Chloe Gray after her three for ten to break the back of Gordon. But I remember seeing little bits and bobs all over social media and that sounded like a spectacular final to be at. Man, I kind of wish I'd gone out to watch that game because it sounded like a real, like, real um, com- competitive game, especially with two very competitive teams. Yeah, and uh, of course, I'll, I'll talk about our player of the match, Chloe Gray. Um, Shivani, did you ever get a chance to, to play against Chloe? When, when she was up there in the ranks as a first grade rated player? No, I've actually never got to play against her. So, Chloe Gray, what, what's impressing me most about this is she took three for ten, um, in this game, uh, not noted for her bowling, uh, being a, a keeper for, for the first grade Campbelltown side for, for a long time, um, uh, before Hannah Trifui came through with the gloves. Um, so I think she'll be particularly happy with that that player of the match three for ten performance. I suppose that brings us to the limited overs final with, of course, Gordon leading first and making that final as well, but against Manly Rowinga uh, this time. And Shivani, do you want to talk us through what this final looked like? Obviously, some notable names again, making some crucial performances for the Gordon side. Yeah, it was. And so the toss was won um, by Gordon, who chose to bat. They got off to a steady start. Um, it was a bit slow, but after dual runouts and a fight back through Sally Molyneux, Gordon found themselves at 4 for 78. But Gordon then hit their straps with the next wicket to fall and an incredible 195 after Kristen Dorsch again, with Lisa Chan and Dee Olsen in tow. With their backs already to the wall, Manly kept making starts at the top of the order. But after Renee Hugh was caught and bowled by Kristen Dorsch for a run, run a ball 20, the wheels started to fall off the Manly and they crashed to be all out for 167. Play of the fr- final goes to Kristen Dorsch, no surprise there, just edged out Dee Olsen for the w- reward in what turned out to, play, to be a two-player show for Gordon. Yeah, those two absolutely dominated the game. And 
I, I suppose it brings us back to to Kristen Dorsch, um, Georgia. How important is she to that golden side? She is a very crucial role uh, for the golden side. I believe she is also captain as well. So not only uh, is she leading by example, but she's showing the team how to get around it, um, how to put, how to do it, how to get the job done, how to do it as well. A uh, very strong player, always has been. Uh, bowling is spot on, will be on middle stump or off stump if you're not careful. Uh, so you don't want to miss that ball or the pegs will go flying. But no, fantastic player and, you know, you can't really fault her with how she plays. Most weeks she will get in 50, 40 runs, uh, depending. But no, fantastic player and obviously leading by example and fantastic work by Gordon there. And Giovanni, no surprise as we go to our third grade top tens to see her straight up there on the on the batting list. Um, she comes in at number three for our top batters for Gordon uh, with 174 and an average of 58. Just an absolute standout season with the bat. Incredible making both the batting and the bowling lists for the top ten, and I think she had a great season. Uh, she showed in the final, looking maybe to play second grade next year. She's dominated third grade. Sure, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's making a push for the second grade side for Gordon. But similar to what our second grade top ten looked like, We've got a manly player who leads number one for batters and bowlers, Mia Nell from Manly, Georgia, 227 runs, 11 wickets. What a season for her. Oh, it was a spectacular season, and both her and Renee have uh, both fantastic efforts in um, in the batting department as well when we played them. Both, both ladies scored 50, and then we actually played them the week after as well, which was pretty interesting. Uh, so Mia again getting another 50, but Renee falling short. We 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 found how to get that wicket uh, eventually, but no fantastic work leading from the front. Both ladies fan, fantastic uh, to watch batting technique, shots and all. Uh, and believe it or not, we actually had to convince them to raise the bat as they walked off. So I was sitting at fine leg and I was sitting there and all their teammates are cheering, going, raise the bat, raise the bat. And I went, come on, you're not going to get to do it this often. Come on. So they finally raised the bat. Little did I know they'd score like three or four fifties in the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and looking at this top ten, I mean, literally this whole table is Manly players, Gordon players, and UTS players. And I suppose, Shivani, that's no surprise when they finished um, within, within the top three for, well, for Gordon and Manly top three in both the T20 and limited, limited overs, but UTS um, as well in the limited overs finishing third. Um, and I suppose it shows just how dominant those three sides were in this third grade competition. Yeah, it does, and I think credit goes to um, the club as well, um, having like the, all the grades dominating, and um, I think it's a really commendable effort, and all the girls in the team should be proud of themselves for what they pulled off in the season. Another player who made both the, the batting and the bowlers list um, in this third grade top ten was Anushka Dongreve from... The, the UTS North Sydney team, um, and with a breakthrough season, Georgia, she seems to be one of the standouts on this list as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Look, uh, UTS North Sydney have a very young team as well, 
Uh, last year in the competition, when we saw them, they had a bit of a, a variety of players. But no, looking at the team this year, it was a predominantly very young squad as well. So obviously uh, through high school and towards the end of high school, looking to go into university, hence the UTF. But no, fantastic squad. And yeah, Nushka just dominated uh, from what we can see in the statistics, as you've stated. 105 runs, setting the totals, helping to uh, chase down the totals and also taking seven handy wickets uh, with especially in limited overs is is crucial because, you know, taking the wickets also gets you more points uh, for, for, your ta- for your team as well. Yeah, and I think the notable difference uh, with the UTS side as opposed to the Manly and Gordon side, obviously the players on this list are all kind of pushing for second grade opportunities with their standout performances, but... For Anushka, they don't have a second grade side to push into. Does UTS make more of a push for a second grade side or do we see her possibly on the market for a new club next season? We could very well see her at another club, but with how this team has demonstrated and um, shown how much they've grown over this past season and and past couple of years, we may very well see them ha- field a uh, second-grade side eventually if they can maybe hold out for another season or maybe even another two. Yeah, and it, an interesting space to, to watch. And I suppose that brings us to our, our Brewer Shield competition where we have all these fantastic young players coming through and, and being able to play some fantastic cricket. And we'll go through the table to start off with. You have your Sydney Tigers on top. Again, no surprise to see another Sydney team in presence and no surprise to see them um, dominating in the junior competition with all of their fantastic players coming through, um, followed by Parramatta in second, St George third, Manly fourth, Penrith fifth, Bankstown sixth, Gordon seventh, Campbelltown eighth, UTS ninth, and Northern Districts tenth. Obviously, uh, a sad note is probably on our end, Georgia, with no universities team um, in the Brewer Shield this year. No, unfortunately not. It is a uh, bit noticeable reading out all the names, isn't it? But I'm sure in future we will be back in the run in the run for uh, that trophy. But I mean, if we if we did have a team as well, that would have been 11 teams in the competition. That is a big competition. Uh, you know, that that's more of a soccer competition right there, 11 teams. But hey, anything can happen, and next year, maybe the season we come back with a uh, Brewer Shield team. And and just on that, I suppose, Shivani, it, it shows you how much women's cricket is, is on, on the rise and, and has been growing at a rapid rate over the last couple of years with, with so many junior teams being able to be filled. How exciting it is it as, um, you know, a young player yourself who's come through this system, you know, what do these girls really have to look forward to? Yeah, I think um, it's really exciting to see 10 teams and, um, in the British competition and it's really, um, really tough competition. Like there's lots of competition, like <laughs> lots of competition. Um, there's lots of competition. Um, and coming through, um, Brewers, I, I played a couple seasons or oh, how long ago was it? It's quite a, quite a few years ago now, but, um, it really just helps you adapt to that high level cricket. And all these girls are performing so well. And I think the future of cricket is looking bright for women. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's absolutely looking like we've got a lot of players to look out for in the future coming through our grades. Uh, But obviously, the Sydney team 
um, Georgia is very, very clear run at the top of the table. I, I'm trying to do the math now. I mean, almost 20 points clear at the top. Um, what what an unbelievable season they had. But no, fantastic effort to do the maths quickly there, Zoe, as well. I was uh, trying to get out the calculator to see if I could figure that out. But no, fantastic effort by Sydney as well. Again, very dominant uh, through this competition, obviously creating a lot of pathways for girls through different forms of competitions as well through their areas. So fantastic to see them uh, having those players and, and training them up and getting them ready for, of course, a very strong premier cricket competition that they will probably end up being in sooner or later because of performance or even age. Yeah, absolutely. And Shivani, obviously, Sydney team undefeated into the final series who sent Parramatta into bat and uh, take us through what that final looked like. Obviously, we had the Mavros sisters who were on show for that match, but who else had a standout? Yeah, so Sonia actually top scored with um, for Sydney with 55 of 82 balls and Kate Pele for Parramatta, a remarkable 62 of 75 balls. Um, she hits the ball hard and I think she's a really good young gun coming through. Um, but the Mavros sisters um, really turned in absolute treat for the match. There's actually three Mavros sisters, so you'll be hearing their names a lot over the years. <laughs> Sophie played an excellent support to Kate and picking up a wicket with a direct hit run out to finish the game off while Alex Mavros took the player of the final honours for a brilliant 4 for 14, helping to clean up the tail, which is just um, amazing work from her. Um, Sydney suffered the indignity of going the entire season undefeated only to fall in the final and that just shows that the finals cricket does funny things to you and um, like we saw in first grade um, Sydney lost again there so they might have a good team on paper but cricket is played on grass so that's what makes cricket such a great sport to play is you never know what's going to happen. I tell you what, it didn't take her that long to get a dig in, did it? Like she's that was, that was she's pretty loud and proud about a grand final win. I was like, trying not to burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got You got to put it in somewhere. I'll try and be sneaky, but <laughs> no, it was, that was, it was very sneaky. sneaky. I'll give you that one. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Thank and, you. And on that note, um, let's go to our our top ten for the Brewer Shield competition. Outstanding with the bat. Lucy Finn takes out number one for our batters with 525 runs, an average of 47. But she never really seemed to get the support um, that she might have needed from the rest of her batters. But talk us through her her standout season, Shivani. Yeah, 525 runs. Wow, that's a remarkable effort. Averaging 47.73. I think um, she's she's really young and... um, She's also a really good pace bowler, so um, I think she's the whole. She's got the full package, fast bowler, batter, and we'll be hearing her name a lot in the future. And she just showed that um, she pretty much single-handedly scored all the runs for St George, and um, that's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility she's taken on for her team. And I think that's um, a really commendable effort on her behalf. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose looking at this, you've got. Two two young young girls who who highlight on both the batters and our bowlers list in uh, Laura Metry from Sydney and Grace Creening from the UTS North Sydney side and um, Georgia out, out, outstanding all rounders. But talk us through Grace Keating's year. 
Yeah, Grace Kelly, 388 runs and a whopping eight wickets. Man, the, these youngsters, I don't know what training they're doing, but I scored 150 and could barely walk for a week. To be able to put on this, this kind of runs through a season, it's fantastic and showing consistent performances as well. But Grace Keating uh, came to UTS. Her sister actually played at universities as well, so I do know the Keating family. Um, love love their cricket and uh, and all that kind of thing. And I've watched I watched India get better as well, but. Grace Keating, I would watch her on the sidelines as she was, she'd come to a couple of our games, uh, here and there, but no fantastic performance from, from the young guns. And as, as we've said before in Brewer Shield, we're going to see a lot of amazing players in the future. And, uh, Zoe, we might need to try and hold on to our positions in first and second grade. Yeah, yeah, watch out. I tell you what, as well, Shivani, the bowlers, there wasn't much in it. You've got 24, 23, 22, 22, 21, 21. It's a, it's a tight list with a, a lot of wickets taken this, this year. Yeah, there's only, um, there's not a lot in it, as you said, and, um, 24 wickets for the season. Wow, that's amazing. And you can see that, um, that the top 10 list is dominated by, by, oh, it's, or it's dominated by Penrith, and it's a mixture of um, the other teams. And top wicket takers Vaishnavi um, taking 24 wickets with an average of 10.54, and um, closely followed behind by Natasha Martin from Penrith taking 23 wickets with an average of 7.83. Wow, they're taking a lot of wickets in the season, and I think it just shows how much they've trained and um, that it's paying off for them. Yeah, and I think the the great thing for the Penrith side, unfortunately missing out on on finals this season in the Brewer Shield, but they do have uh, players who have made some some standout seasons, uh, standout performances this season, um, and I I think that's a lot to look forward to in the future for them, um, as we've spoken out, uh, about with a lot of clubs and their players coming through. Um, but on that note. It does bring us to the club championship, which I suppose no surprise is the Sydney Tigers taking out uh, first position and actually Georgia by a fair way as well. Yeah, at least over 300 points. Uh, Sydney Tigers finishing with 1,055.5 points. That is huge. I mean, oh my God. Goodness, that's almost a phone number if you keep adding a few more numbers to it. But no, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic evidence. It just shows that if all your teams do well, players do well, and all that kind of thing, more teams you have as well, you're going to end up with more and more points. And I've seen St. George do it in the past as well, take out the club championships uh, based on performance and, and, and everything as well. But no, fantastic effort by Sydney uh, to, to stay clear of Manly, who only had... Uh, the second grade team and third grade teams as well. And of course, the Brewer Shield, no first grade team, but to come in at second with 725 points, that is fantastic and just shows uh, the talent and also the sportsmanship that they're playing with and the level of um, talent and skill that they're playing with too. Yeah, and Shivani, if you look at the top three sides for this club championship, they're, they're three clubs that have worked really, really hard on the development of players and attracting players to the club and also bringing those players up through their system in their Brewer Shield teams and, and into their third grade and second grade sides, and it's paying dividends for them, isn't it? 
Yeah, it really is. I know they have great youth programs, especially Manly um, coming through the Molly Dive system. Um, they like to breed them young, so it's working for them. And hopefully um, the performance they've put on through the whole season, you can hope to get them a first-grade season. And for the other two clubs, Sydney and Parramatta, um, tremendous efforts for them. And um, it really shows how... Um, how good women's cricket is and um, starting from a young age um, the talent is just um, really good it's quite amazing actually um, the scores these young kids are putting on and um, there's a bright future for third grade second grade and first grade um, for the future yeah and, and Georgia as we talked about the ever reliable St George um, Parramatta only just nudged them out for for third spot but I mean I suppose the biggest difference for them, as we touched on earlier, was not having their third-grade sides. Yeah, the third-grade side for St George was always very dominant as well, uh, constantly battling with Gordon in order to take out the premierships. I remember for quite a few seasons it was just those two teams who would end up uh, making it into the finals as well. Uh, But obviously we've seen that it does mean they haven't finished with as many points as they have done in the past, but still to finish with 701 points after so many games, and then games have also got rained out as well. We've lost a game due to COVID, uh, due to the man, to the Northern Beaches cluster. Uh, so, but they did very well to finish with the 701 as, um, as well and so close to Parramatta too. And just running through the the rest of this club championship, of course, as we mentioned, Sydney Tigers taking out first position, Manly second, Parramatta third, St George fourth, Gordon in fifth, Northern Districts in sixth, Campbelltown seventh, Bankstown eighth, Penrith ninth, Universities in tenth, and UTS North Sydney Bears coming in in eleventh. And I suppose, uh, Georgia, I mean, we can both talk to this, but a little bit of disappointment um in 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 a little bit of hurt in my pride uh, <laughs> university sitting down in tenth this season what what does that what does that mean for the club well it's not saying that we didn't try because I know from all of our teams we went there and we went out there each and every game and and played with our heart and our sleeve and and tried our absolute best but obviously there's always room for improvement every player knows that we are our own worst critics as well. Uh, so I guess we're going into the rebuilding stage, I guess you could say, uh, and come back as a new and improved squad next year and uh, show the teams that we are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and I, I suppose one of, uh, unfortunately, one of those teams this year that kind of highlighted what an impact um, missing women's BBL and, and women's NCL players can, can have on a side. And I think, um, unfortunately, compared to some other teams, uh, we just didn't quite cope with that as well as as well as we would have hoped. But Shivani, Northern Districts, smack in the middle there in sixth place. How did, how did you feel the club went this season overall? I think the club did really well. Um, even though we're in the middle, I think it just shows that um, we're still developing. Like we're a really young side. We don't have too many older, experienced players. We have, I think, we have. Um, Loz and Kirsten in first grade, but they're only in their early 20s. So, And then our Brewers are still developing some new girls to cricket. So I think it's only going to go up from here. And I think if we keep um, training these young girls, they'll come into first grade and do what Annika and AJ and um, 
Abby Taylor and do what everyone else is doing and um, really show um, how much cricket has improved for women. Yeah, and I suppose, Georgia, they could be a club that is one to look out for next year because similar to Sydney, Manly and Parramatta, they have a good youth system that they're developing there and a lot of young players, as Shivani was talking about, coming through. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, I mean, each, each team with a uh, new and upcoming you know, juniors program or just any mentorship of that kind, um, pathways, they're always a force to be reckoned with, especially with all the new talent that comes in. And when new talent comes in as well, that shakes up the rest of the competition too, because you may not have uh, the knowledge of how a certain person plays or maybe how they react in a situation where, whereas in the past you may have been able to predict or kind of guess what they were going to do. So, I mean, new talent brings in so many different scenarios and so many different outcomes as well. So I think women's cricket is heading up, up, up and away. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to have some pretty strong competitions coming in the future too. Yeah, and quickly touching on that before we wrap things up, I'll get your opi- I'll get your opinion on both of, from both of you on this. Um, the Manly Warringah side, obviously a dominant performance as a club, finishing second. Um, as we said, despite not having a first grade side, but obviously, what, what do we think? Uh, do we do we think that they're going to? Obviously, they've been making a push for this first grade side for, for a couple years now. Do we see it happening next season? Do they get a first grade side? I, I don't think you can take out the uh, the competition so consistently, especially in second grade, and, and not end up pushing and having a first grade team. I mean, we saw that with Parramatta too. A very strong team taking out you know the trophy a few times before a first grade squad was implemented as well. But, you know, Manly kind of ran away with it and, Again, demonstrated just how strong they are. So I think we may be seeing a Manly Waringa first grade team coming in possibly from next season too. They were so like leaps and bounds ahead of the second grade competition. So it's got to be a reward to have a first grade team. And I think also it creates even number of teams in first grade. So there won't be a bye, which um, I, I know a lot of the teams will like to not have a bye. So I think it's there, um, just needs to be passed through. And I think without COVID um, this year, um, I think it will be more, um, it will help them to get their case across and have the um, funds to create a first grade team because all the players are there. And I think it will be a good challenge to see how they um, play in first grade. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, That brings us to the end of our show tonight. So, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for join, joining us um, on the Splinters the Bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. And thank you to both our, our, our panel for tonight, our all-women's panel. Uh, Georgia, firstly to you. Always a pleasure to join you, and uh, it, it has been a while for us. So thank you very much for tonight. Thank you. Although we play in the same club, we don't actually see each other that often. But uh, now it's fantastic to be part of the uh, all-women panel. And uh, who run the world? Girls. We know that. Yeah, look, it, it would help if I rocked up to training a little bit more, <laughs> more often, but we'll swiftly move on from that and uh, say thank you to Shivani, who, who joined us again after... As we said, she made a fantastic debut last year, um, brought some great banter back to the show, and, um, yeah, we're always happy to have you on. So thank you very much for, for joining us tonight, Shivani. 
Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you out on the pitch. Keen for next season already. And that'll do us for tonight, folks. Good night and signing off. (laughs) 